Hi everyone, welcome back to our product liability series. The last time out, we gave a brief introduction to the subject of product liability and product recalls. But today we'll be digging a little bit deeper, talking about some recent product recalls, what is meant by strict liability, and then the enforcement mechanisms in terms of the Consumer Protection Act. We will also specifically be focusing on how the Consumer Protection Act has changed product liability claims in South Africa. And then lastly, we will discuss the purpose of the South African Health Products Regulatory Authority. Wesley, we've had some noteworthy product recalls recently, right? Yes, we have, Andy. So the first notable recall that I found was a global retailer of household entertainment and health products. And the company issued a global voluntary recall in respect of some of its sleep apnea machines in 2021. And this was done because of potential health risks that were related to the foam inside the machines. The second one that I found was in 2022, where a large food retailer recalled its baby powder products as a precautionary measure after traces of asbestos were found in some samples. And then the one that I found to be the most peculiar, a global chocolate manufacturer recalled some of its chocolate bars because it was possible that they may have contained glass pieces in the packaging. Another interesting one that I came across, Wesley, was when a particular retailer recalled a specific batch of canned tuna products owing to possible defects in tuna cans. The retailer's recall was done out of caution because they suspected that some of the cans may have had defective double seams. Sure, guys. What always strikes me is how diverse these industries are and the industries that can actually be affected by product recalls. It really can happen to anyone that a product needs to be recalled, either voluntarily, out of caution, or sometimes even mandatorily. But thanks for those updates, guys. Barmary, I think it might be beneficial for our listeners just to have a quick recap on what a product recall is. Do you mind if I ask you to just bring us back up to speed on it? Of course, Sanjasha. So a recall refers to the removal of a specific batch or a number of batches of a certain product from the market, a variety of reasons really, such as safety threats or poor quality. Recalls, however, differ from withdrawals, where all products are removed from the market rather than in specific batches. When a batch is recalled, all products within the batch need to be separated in order to avoid any further contamination. By separating the product straight away makes it easier to return the defective products to the actual producer. Sure, I'm sorry to jump in here, but I was just wondering, you mentioned that the goods are returned to the producer. Does the distributor need to arrange to have the goods delivered back to the producer? Who's ultimately responsible for this? That is actually a very good question, Andrusha. Sometimes it is the distributor who returns the goods, but very often the producer will collect the recall goods and then credit the distributor's account for the recalled goods. Oh, okay, so are you saying that once the recalled goods are returned to the producer, there's no further duty on the distributor or is there any other duty on the distributor? Oh no, so unfortunately it doesn't stop right there for the distributor. There is still one other thing that the distributor needs to do. If he realized that he sold any defective products to any of his customers, he needs to immediately notify these customers of the recall and tell them to refrain from using the product. Sure, interesting stuff. Do you mind taking us through the meaning of strict liability and what that would mean for our suppliers? 
So Section 61 of the Consumer Protection Act provides that suppliers of goods are liable for harm that flows from supplying unsafe goods, product defects, or even inadequate instructions provided to consumers. The liability for these goods is strict in the sense that it arises regardless whether the harm is as a result of negligence on the part of the supplier, meaning that a consumer does not have to prove negligence or fault on the part of the supplier to claim damages for a defective product. Instead, the consumer only needs to prove that the product was defective and has actually caused harm. And would this liability apply to any particular levels of the supply chain? Not really. So according to Section 61 of the CPA, strict liability applies to producers, importers, distributors, and retailers of goods. So it really is a wide range. Sure. Okay. My understanding is that Section 61 of the Consumer Protection Act also provides some defenses that suppliers can rely on. Do you mind talking us through these defenses that are available? So suppliers alleged to be liable for product defects have four defenses available under Section 61. Firstly, if the product was defective or unsafe as a result of the supplier complying with the public regulation, then that supplier is shielded from liability. Secondly, if the defect was absent at the time of supply, then the supplier is protected. So an example of this would be when a box of goods leaving a wholesaler to a retailer and ultimately landing in the hands of a consumer in a defective condition. If the goods were without defect when they left the wholesaler, but subsequently became defective, say, when the consumer eventually purchases the product, then the wholesaler can then not be held liable. So then what happens in a situation where, let's say, I am a supplier or a wholesaler and I give someone else in the supply chain, let's say, the courier I use to deliver my product, I give my courier certain instructions regarding the product. So, for example, this product must be stored in this temperature or it must be handled in this way for the product to remain safe for consumers. And then it turns out that I actually gave bad instructions. In other words, the courier followed my instructions to the T, but the product still becomes effective because the instructions I gave were incorrect or inaccurate. Will I still enjoy the Section 61 defense against any liability on my part as the wholesaler? Great question, Wesley. So in those cases, Section 61 provides the supplier or the wholesaler with the opportunity or actually the fact that they cannot enjoy the defense of absence of any defect having been present in the product at the time of such supply. So rather it is the other party, so the courier in our case, who enjoys protection from liability in those circumstances. But are there perhaps any other defenses that you could perhaps think of, Wes, that would be available to suppliers? Yep, Andy, I can. So a third defense available to distributors and retailers is that no liability arises if the defects are not reasonably discoverable. So in other words, that it would not be reasonable to expect the distributor or retailer to have discovered the defect. A simple example of this would be a new medication, which causes side effects that were not detected during clinical trials before the medication was marketed. In those circumstances, it could be argued that the adverse side effects of the medication were not reasonably discoverable and that the supplier therefore ought not to be held liable. 
And then a fourth defense that I can think of is a time bar, which is very similar to what we call prescription. That if a claim for damages is brought more than three years after the harm or loss occurred, then the supplier cannot be held liable. Thanks, Wes. I think that sums up a good overview of strict liability under Section 61 and what that actually means. I think in our next podcast, we will expand a bit more into the fourth defense that you just mentioned being prescription. But for now, I think let's move on to something a bit different. We know that the Consumer Protection Act provides various mechanisms that consumers can use to enforce their rights. As I mentioned earlier on, in our next session, we will elaborate on prescription in terms of the Consumer Protection Act, which has been expanded to include not only physical harm, but also economic harm, meaning that consumers can now claim damages for economic losses, such as loss of income as a result of a defective product. But for now, that's goodbye, and I hope our listeners enjoyed the session. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Andrusha and Wesley. This is great. Thanks, Andy and Bar. It was great chatting today.